A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2. But Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete on the Bloody Good Quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to tonight's episode of... Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy. But here's my number. This is rare, baby. <laughs> Seen a bit of an upturn in recent weeks, Rampage. It feels a little bit in comparison, lacklustre, similar to a Welsh performance against Iran in World Cup, for for an example here, Sige. But, hell of a, a tag team title match to look forward to. You have to feel for Wales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rampage has been all right. Rampage has been all right. Uh, been pretty good, actually. Um, this week looks like a solid 7 out of 10 show, yeah. but... They've established a curve, and no offense to the performer in question who has a role just on, not on a national TV show main event, but when Ari Davari headlined two consecutive episodes of Rampage, I was like, lads, what are we doing here? What, what on earth are we doing here? To go below that barely acceptable, bare minimum established, well, every result is predictable. The main stars aren't on the show to uh, five... Point five out of ten. Mm. Like, come like, what are you doing? But no, it has upturned, and there is a match here that I think I'm allowed to look forward to. Yeah, and I think will be good in spite of what will look like a scary moment that turned out not to be as scary as it initially seemed. I think. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So obviously, normally when we do this, especially when Rampage is taped, is we avoid all spoilers to that because otherwise. This would be pointless. It's nice occasionally, though, of course, to get reports from people who went to the Dynamite and said, oh, check out this match. You know, they've got something really good to look forward to on Rampage, baby. Um, but you couldn't really help avoiding the stories coming out of the match that we're about to preview, the RH Tag Team title match, because it, uh, it's a relief that seemingly things are all right, but I, I got a point this week where I was like, bloody hell, top flight are bloody cursed, aren't they? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, I... Uh to be fair, I barely read Rampage spoilers, but that's probably an indication that nothing's of interest enough to leak and sort of 
become these conversations that become hype and all the rest of it. But this one slipped out for obvious reasons. Um, if you don't want to know literally anything, stop listening for the next couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. But I read on Twitter, oh my God, Top Flight are cursed. And I was like, oh, for God's sake, Darius Martin mm. injured again. And it turns out this time it's Dante. It's like, can they get any luck whatsoever? Mercifully, um, I think it was Anthony Bowens on Twitter was asked, what's the status of Dante Martin? We haven't heard anything. We're all quite worried. And he said, thankfully, he seems to be okay. So that's something. Um, And I don't know if the match just went unfolded and then it was revealed at the finish Mm -hmm. that something went awry during it or if it was brought to an abrupt halt. I think the former. So, look, I think they've got away with doing a full FTR top flight match and the injury that was apparent at the finish isn't anywhere near as serious as initially feared. So, yeah, it might be worth looking forward to. Certainly the promise of the match was, the announcement was before we heard of the situation. Um, And I expect it to be very good indeed if, in fact, Mm. it's not really scary in the building, even even if we have the knowledge that it hopefully is turning out to be okay. Yeah. Um, You can... Like the dynamics great, the contrasting characters are great. Both teams obviously are very, very good. One at this point are legendary. Mm. The other are just emerging, but very, very promising indeed. The styles and the way they approach tag team wrestling has that beautiful contrast. Mm. The anti mirror match where, like, you can fantasy book sequences here where Dax Howard almost nopes some aerials <laughs> or at least has shows disdain towards them and kicks out of their early stuff, and then realizes, hang on, we can't deny their style because they're kind of kicking our asses with it. We know how these star versus prospect matches go in AEW at this point. Done well, they're fabulous, and do a lot for the people who lose in defeat. So I do like the idea of Top Flight giving them a really close fight. Mm -hmm. FTR, who clearly don't like the style of wrestling, they market their brand around hating it, will at some point in the body of the match have to kind of put it over. So this should be good. It just... Literally depends on the extent to which it's cursed. Yeah, exactly. When we saw them sort of previewing this on Dynamite and they FTR were putting top flight over and basically saying, you're probably going to be tag team champions one day. I don't think that was any stretch of the imagination whatsoever, but I don't think it's going to be this match that they win any tag team titles. No, me no. neither. <laughs> Didn't have to read a spoiler report to determine that either. No, exactly. But uh, yeah, flippy guys and the big rig as a finisher. If, fingers crossed, touch wood, everything goes well. It could be a, an excellent, like you say, story told in this match, and the finish will be spectacular, of course. Like the idea of Dante Martin doing that somehow even more oppressive than the usual variation, where he uses no hands to spring off the second rope to clear <sighs> Harwood, then Harwood immediately doing a scoop snap suplex. Yes. Or a snap body slam. You know, the Goldest Dusty Rhodes one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dustin Rhodes, Randy Orton thing. Scoop slam. Scoop slam. Uh, sticking with ROH, and I'll ask a, a more wide-ranging question on them in a second. We're hearing from Chris Jericho tonight is, because what, Death Before Dishonor is about two weeks away. Is tonight the night that we get the confrontation between Jericho and Claudio, or is this Jericho being, oh, bloody deal with you, Claudio, slapping the taste out of my mouth on dynamite because it feels like that's the direction they're heading for the pape on December 10th? Yeah, I suspect we're actually going to get confirmation tonight. I think Wednesday functioned as the tease. Friday will be the confirmation, and then they'll build the match from there. Recount the story. They've already told a pretty good one. I'm against champions losing, particularly when it's frequent. 
Um, but in the parameters of this storyline, which I would describe as passable to good, not really essential, not something I'm ripping my goddamn cock off about, but the idea is that Jericho cheated Claudio out of the title at Grand Slam. Mm. In two subsequent tag team matches, Claudio proved himself to be the better professional wrestler in a fair fight by tapping out Chris Jericho yep. twice, and it was only because Claudio had another person to swing and deal with in Sammy Guevara at um, Full Gear Full Gear that he retained the title there. But they're telling an interesting wrinkle to the story that I think is going to have ramifications beyond it. And, you know, it's Rampage. We might as well talk about ramifications beyond Rampage because it's only Rampage. Jericho beat Ishii clean in the middle. And it's, incidentally, a great job that that match was so instantly wonderful because I got a bit cross when I saw the graphic of, we hear from ROH champion Chris Jericho on Rampage, which is getting taped, and I know this, because it's like, well, any sliver of doubt that yeah. Ishii was going over has just been eradicated. But then that match was instantly so incredible that literally within a minute, I completely forgot that graphic had been updated. But, um, yeah, so they're telling the story that Jericho is not doing what he said he was going to do and is almost accidentally stumbling into being a credible ROH champion who has defended the title with the second most frequency of any former ROH world ah. title. That's the benefit of television, of course. And um, has won the last two matches clean or cleanly enough. He certainly didn't cheat mm. at full gear. It was just opportunistic. But he tapped... Ishii clean. Now, I've noticed that they are um, teasing dissension between Sammy Guevara mm -hmm. and Chris Jericho. I expect that to be the revolution program for Jericho after he loses cleanly to Claudio at final battle, and then they shake hands, and that's the code of honor, and Sammy Guevara, incensed, will confront Jericho about it and say, you've been telling me what to do for three years. You keep changing your mind. You don't really have my career progression in your heart at all. If you don't need me, I really don't need you. And then they can start a heated feud from there. Finally drawing a line between the JAS and the BCC if Claudio wins what is quite literally the final battle. Um, I expect that to be the case. Certainly, I hope it's the case because the idea right now it's not only stupid, but literally impossible <laughs> if they are teasing this Jericho-Guevara dissension, the idea being that Guevara will turn face. Isn't going to happening. Isn't going to happen, rather. Nor should it, because after the good on paper, but ultimately too cheap to work idea of, I'm just going to snog me fit bed. <laughs> heel turn. It, everyone was saying, oh, they should turn him heel because of this. And then when he did it, it was like, that's not actually that good. It's very, very thin as an act. Um... Are we ready for another Chris Jericho face turn? I'm probably not, if I'm mm. being perfectly honest. I thought the first one was okay to a point, dragged it out too long. He's far better as a heel. But if they are going with Jericho Guevara, and what a rich story that is, considering it was a day one on TV association in AEW. There's loads of heft there, loads of material, loads of chemistry is the sex gods. Hopefully that yeah. is the case as opponents as well. Um, Jericho would have to be the baby face, but I don't want to see him as a baby face if I'm being <laughs> brutally honest. Uh, just a quick word finally on, on ROH before we move on yeah, to the yeah. other matches on this card. I think I read a report either earlier on today or certainly earlier this week that Tony Khan was 
thinking of sort of scaling back the amount of Ring of Honor on AEW television. Right thing, right decision for you? Yeah, absolutely. Like, if they can't get a streaming show and it appears to be up in the air, then yes. I personally think that there are enough AEW fans who will consume literally anything thrown at them, right? <laughs> they will defend even the worst stuff and say, let it play out. Like, not very discerning. That's fine. As long as they don't tell me not to be discerning, that's absolutely fine. I honestly think that the mere association of AEW will, if they run just YouTube-exclusive angles, mm-hmm. building to quarterly pay-per-views, that is not itself tenable. But if they start doing that next year before really making a decision, I think they'll get the same buy rates there or thereabouts. I truly do. And it has been an imposition on AEW programming. It really has. The way I put it in an article, and it's uh, entitled 10 Genius Fixes Tony Khan Can Make to Bring Back the AEW Magic. If you can hop onto whatculture.com slash WWE or whatculture.com forward slash Michael Dash or underscore Sidgwick. That's my <laughs> author page. Um, the idea of ROH doesn't work in AEW because R- uh, AEW made ROH all but extinct in the first place. Yeah. And it's not as if ROH was this... Like, ECW, right, didn't go out on a high at its peak, but it was so long, so influential, and the gap between its closing and its reboot, even though they botched it, the idea was still good enough to run with in the first place, that that worked as a reboot, particularly because ECW and its inherent allure and its danger and its identity was so markedly different to WWE at the time that I can really see why they went with it and thought it was a good idea, even if, as with pretty much everything else, WWE botched it into oblivion. (laughs) This is completely different. ROH died, RIP, when AEW formed. It had no unique selling point. It used to be the cult alternative destination for the best wrestling, right? NXT killed that off before Mm, AEW, before those initials were even uttered, if we're being brutally honest. It was salvaged as a legitimate drawing concern and buzzworthy brand because of the elite doing their elite stuff on ROH. The second that the elite left before Madison Square Garden, the secondary market collapsed. The brand itself collapsed because Bully Ray allegedly booked it into oblivion. Pre-pandemic, like... The seat maps and how many blue dots were on them on Twitter was a meme, something to laugh at. And then... Who's booking all those seats, Christian? I I said that same (laughs) joke and I loved it as well. Yeah. And during the pandemic, this annoys me as well, right? A lot of people were like, it's an ROH. Good on ROH for not running during a pandemic due to pure ethics. If they had a TV deal, (laughs) they would be doing behind closed doors tapings, Mm -hmm. so I'm not giving them credit for that, okay? But regardless, it died, it died, it died, it died. It became a joke. Or if not a joke, then just something completely and utterly off the radar. Yeah, afterthought, yeah. When they eventually kind of tried to reboot it before it failed and Tony Khan bought it, the lasting memory of ROH, as much as Zombie League as Impact Wrestling has been, except less acclaimed somehow, Mm -hmm. was of, uh, control your narrative. Um, God, Invading at Final Battle 2021, I believe. So 
there is no prestige to the brand, nor did it shutter long enough for people to get nostalgic about what it used to be. Yeah. And even if it had enough time to develop that nostalgia and, oh, I miss ROH, and isn't it great? And it would re-enter the conversation on that basis. Unlike WWE and ECW, there is nothing differentiating AEW and ROH to feel like it's worthwhile to catch a different kind of audience. Mm -hmm. The whole thing's been a complete misfire. And the worst thing about integrating it into AEW television, right, apart from the fact that it just detracts from the AEW buzz, Mm -hmm. um, is that... I'm rapidly losing my train of thought because I've been on a rant. I (laughs) apologise. Yes, yes, yes. If they were to reboot it as its own streaming service, they've botched that as well. The whole idea is, right, okay, if you're going to launch something, right, tease it, tease it, yeah. tease it. Beforehand, make it go away. If you're going to reboot something, right, dissociate people from the memories of it. How can you launch something as a new thing that you should watch and get excited about if, A, you've already launched it, and B, nobody cares, really? I will have people saying, I care about ROH, actually. Mm. Everyone cares a little bit about something, (laughs) right? And that might cover you, certain listeners, in this instance. I think the prevailing consensus is that they could have done without all of this. You cannot launch something that has been launched (laughs) and that no one cares about that much. Uh, I wouldn't say a disaster. I've enjoyed when it's been put in front of me. Yeah. Quite a bit of this ROH stuff. Could I have lived without... All of it, all along, one million percent. So I think um, it was David Bixenspan who asked Tony Khan, like, what is your take on the fact that the general consensus is no one that cares that much about ROH? And he came back with the numbers. And it's like, when you are associated with a major brand like AEW, you're going to get the trickle effect of those viewers just watching ROH. So those pay-per-view numbers really don't impress me at all. But he did indicate, yes, we'll reassess depending on the outcome of the streaming deal. I don't know how you concede that embarrassment. Mm. Or if you just have a heel, win it off Claudio, and then burn the title or bin it. And then someone can say, one day, one day, we'll bring this back. I don't know how you... I think you just ultimately, at this point, let it go away quietly deactivate the titles and then Tony Khan come and come out and say, look, billionaires will not do this. Sorry, I'm being like Michael Hamsley here. <laughs> billionaires won't be self-aware and contrite about things, but he really just should say, look, I tried. Maybe it was a misfire. They've always said, oh, the original incarnation of the Dark Order was a total misfire. We corrected yeah. it. There have been certain things on TV. Really didn't work. We're so glad our fans engaged with us and gave us their feedback. Put the fans over Mm. is a way to spin it. Of Look, the fans spoke. I didn't get the impression that they wanted a full ROH ROH reboot on AEW TV. Ultimately, I'm here to service the fans. Enough of them spoke, and I listened. Maybe one day I'll try this ROH thing again. Make it seem like you did the fans a favor rather than you personally failed. Yeah. I should work for this goddamn company. (laughs) 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Uh, returning to a Rampage tonight, then. Can I just say I don't want to, in case people think I'm angling for a job there. Yeah. After the day we've had in this office, we uh, were born. Hang on. Oh, my God. I'd never want to leave here. No. What a day so far. It's only just beginning. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's return to Rampage, though, as I said, and uh, singles action for Darby Allen after he uh, had a great tag match with his granddad at the pay-per-view. Um, yeah, I mean, it feels, you know, he's facing Anthony Henry, like you say, this is old, good old Rampage, cool, so Darby Allen's getting a very straightforward victory here, but it's always fun to watch Darby Allen. It's never like, oh, bloody hell, here we go. He just... It's like no offense, Anthony Henry. I know he's had he's been done he's done stuff in WWE, of course, and he looks very talented from the the bits that I've seen of him. He's one of the but, best guys on the indie circuit. Yeah, but he ain't winning this match. And I'm not saying that you know he could put Anthony Henry with anyone and he'd put a banger on. But Darby Allen goes, yeah. If you said to Darby, Darby, you're going to do a one minute match on Dark that um, we might not even air, to be honest, he'd still go, cool. Can I jump off that yeah, up there? Yeah. He's just he's he, he, he was someone you can never take your eyes off. I think Darby Allen is the single most underrated professional wrestler on the face of the planet. I do. Um, I don't think he gets enough credit for how great he is in the ring. Like, he's spectacular, but he's also unbelievably skilled. Got every single babyface characteristic you would want, at least as a performer. Let's caveat that. Um, Explosive, unbelievable selling, generates tremendous excitement, but builds it in logical ways, like really logical ways. He knows exactly where to be, how to engineer these spots so that they feel like they've been arrived at organically. And we're probably not going to see the very best Darby Allen performance on Rampage. Um, but it's one of those things, if someone like Defy booked this match and Darby Allen fancied working yeah. in his... Um, region of three states this would go 18 minutes it would be amazing that yeah. ain't happening on rampage i hope it's long enough to 
one, make my subjective viewing experience of it worthwhile. Two, people want to see the workhorsemen work FTR. If they can very gradually establish the workhorsemen in singles and tags as, oh, hang on, they're not just the geeks who have lost on the YouTube shows, and that's not, he's much better than he was in the mm-hmm. wingman. Very slowly build them, build them, build them, build them. Because I think they could be such a great asset, even if they are one of the better teams who lose. They absolutely, at a bare minimum, should be that. It's weird what Tony Khan's doing with them, but regardless. So I hope we see a longer match than this should be, given where the characters are at. Um, the interesting thing is, who comes out to beat him up or challenge him or whatever, because this exists for another reason, yes. as so much on AEW TV does. Who could Darby Allen feud with next, Wilborn? Because you're on a roll, so I want to hear this. Ooh. Who's... Because Jarrett and... They won that program, and now Jarrett and Lethal sing and... Um, Dud. Yeah. <laughs> are working the acclaimed in a program now, which is weird because it's wrong, it's backwards, but whatever. This leaves Darby on something... He needs something to do. What is that thing? Just is it the odd win? And oh, Darby Allen's rising up the ranks. So they could do MGF Darby in the cycle between mm. Revolution and now after Starks. What do you think? Well, I think I'm just trying to think of something there that had like a, a numbers game. So you get the winter is coming, Sting, Snow, all that sort of thing. Because that's obviously, you know, a classic visual. So I'm like, okay, heel group, not got much to do. So I went to the firm, obviously. And I went to Ethan Page because he just lost that that you know uh, number one contenders match, and then I, chemistry with Derby as well. And I, I like that as a match as well. But then I also thought, really, 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 and maybe this is arguably more on Satnam Singh than uh, than on Derby. Love watching Derby Allen work with big lads. So now I've gone to W Morrissey. <laughs> Ooh, you know what, Wilborn? That's a genuinely, earnestly very good idea. Hey, just call me Butter Baby. I'm on a roll. This is not a gimmick. He is actually on a roll. No, I thought this wrong. Um, we've also got, um, well, what a turnaround, just as a, a sort of big picture stuff. What a turnaround for the women's division in AEW in, in recent months. Because the amount of times we'd sit here and just lambast of like, well, oh, good for them. They're doing one thing around the title in the women's division. We've got Hokaru Shida in action. Big picture stuff. Obviously, you've got a heel champion, Jamie Hayter, even though she's very over with the fans, of course. Arguably, she's a heel, working with Britt Baker, et cetera, et cetera. You've got Soraya now, obviously, getting victories. Hikaru Shida in action implies Hikaru Shida's getting a three-minute victory on, on Rampage. But, yeah, the the sudden, wait, you could do that match and that match and that match. And obviously, it's very sad to hear about Thunder Rosa having to vacate the title, but just cleaning all that up and having, like, Tony, I mean, Tony Storm's got an argument to, to make of, well, I want another go at that because I would have won if it hadn't been for all the bollocks interfering. Shida's great. Back in action tonight. Yeah, this could be one of two. Ultimately, the destination here is going to be a pretty damn good, potentially even great singles match between Hater and Shida. And as you said, there could be a different wrinkle in it if Tony Storm subsequently challenges Shida um, to make it a little bit more of an interesting path to get to Winter is Coming. Because you yeah, expect a big mm-hmm. AEW women's title match to take place on that show. As you said, Will Bourne, this is clear indication that Sheeta is the opponent or the red herring for the real opponent. She's going to be in and around it. At present, if it's just Sheeta wins someone, uh, beats someone that she's always going to beat a million times out of a million in a matter of minutes because it's a woman's match on Rampage and then she challenges Hater. That's a bit dull and it's a bit 
2019 NXT mm. for me. So I can't do cartwheels over it, even if the match will be good in the end. But if you look forward to winter is coming and you say, keep Soraya, just keep her going, but not we're not putting a big match for her on winter is coming. But you do a big Jade match, for example. You do Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm 2, just, just as an argument. Just looking there, because I was going to play a game, and we're still going to play it. But like... What I mean, it's possible now for us to say they could just book something that's not title-related and is a banger of a match. We didn't even get a chance to talk about Athena's heel turn on last week's Rampage. Sheeda, Athena? The ROH. I was so chuffed, and I went, oh, it's ROH stuff, I no longer care. <laughs> that is the problem with this yeah. brand. I was thinking if it's going to be Athena heel versus Tony Storm, who showed great chemistry in the ring um, at Grand Slam, I was like, oh, not only is this an amazing angle... But it gives us a great match. That's mm-hmm. what you want. Great angles leading to great matches. Uh, it's ROH stuff. I'm instantly not bothered at all. What was the actual question before I got cynical? Well, yeah, I was, was going to say, with, uh, if it hadn't been ROH, I was thinking Sheeda Athena as, as a you know really in- interesting, exciting match. But uh, Athena's turn, you put this you over Shida, on Twitter. Sheeda Athena, right, on Dynamite next week after Sheeda's victory here. And Athena has been obviously gaining momentum. She narrowly, 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 narrowly wins in a match that's laid out to flatter both women. The story is it could not have been any closer. She didn't steal one. She just at the last second one. Then Athena, because this is her character now, just starts really beating up Sheeta. That draws out mm. Mercedes Martinez. And I would really take it seriously that, right, okay, if Athena didn't quite make it to an AEW title match... Her performance was so good that I can easily buy it in an ROH title mm. match. Make it a bit more interesting and get more all-star matches on Dynamite next week. But it's a mystery opponent, which means, of course... It's time to, it's time to play the game! I have the uh, AW women's roster open in front of me. I'm going to scroll through it. You tell me when to stop, Sige. Give me a number between one and four. And that is our pick for who Hikaru Shida will face tonight on Rampage. Stop. Two. I'll have to do this again because it's it's Jamie Hayter. (laughs) All right, okay. Uh, Okay, I'm doing it again. Stop. Four. Rebel. One more go. Um, Look, Rebel popped me dead at full gear with her incredibly hammy. Ah! So, yes. If not her, though. You really don't want it to be, even in this game, that's not going to happen. You don't want it to be, even in, even hypothetically, you don't, do not want it to be Rebel. So, stop. Three. <laughs> this might happen, seemingly consistently on that page. Madison Rain again. <laughs> right. No. Uh, final question for you, Sige. And, and often I, uh, you know, I send the notes over for uh, for this so we can do a bit of prep. I'm going to appear professional. I'm going to spring something on you here, Sige. And I do apologise for you know really testing your uh, journalistic abilities. As we always say, we are wrestling journalists here. We've always said that. Yeah, we have. <sighs> um, uh. But Michael Sidgwick, in advance of the uh, the six man we're looking forward to tonight on Rampage, who runs the family office? Uh. You could honestly <laughs> rewrite parody lyrics to We Didn't Start the Fire to encompass this entire mess 
between Matt Hardy and Private Party and where we are now. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. On the spot, that would be rather impossible. But it's just this incredibly convoluted... Dynamite. Um, Hardy party, but your blade. Yes. Russian. Russian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rush, Rush. Yeah, Rush family office. He's in action with Butcher and Blade against the Dark Order tonight on Rampage. Cool. Who's winning? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> Look, I will take any interaction between the Butcher and John Silver. I expect this to be three and a quarter stars. And I'm going to go, ah, yeah. When the Butcher, like, impales John Silver or something. Yeah. The ghoul in me will like those interactions. The discerning wrestling fan in me mm-hmm. loathes the story, holds no interest in it, wishes it would go away, cannot frankly believe how long it has been dragged out, and uh, just wants to die. Well, that's a bit of a damp squib of an ending for this podcast. So I got a DM earlier on this week, All Michael right, Sidgwick, okay. um, from... Uh, someone you may you may you may know this guy. This guy called Matt Rains. Oh yeah. yeah. You know what Matt Rains is? What's that? He's the number one Cedric Mega fan. So he is an incredibly loyal, supportive, very, very, very nice bloke. Yes. And I'll never, ever not appreciate him. So he asked for the rampage. Even if sometimes I go an hour before giving my dynamite score. Oh man, I've got a job. I love you. The, I the, think the I love him. As well. Love him. But uh, come on. Yeah, so he asked for a return of the Rampage rap. And, uh, you know, I like to got to give the people what they want. Um, but as you know, Sid, I'm a, I'm a very busy man. Um, and sometimes I have to outsource some work. So I got a friend of ours to write the rap for me. I haven't seen it. I'm just going to I'm just going to read it verbatim here. So hope this uh, really makes your weekend, Matt Rains. Back once again, it's the Rampage Rap. Makes a comeback for that dumb piece of crap. I didn't have time to write or drop a bar, so Hamlet said, I'll give that something for his car. So we're all... <laughs> with all our best to the number one mega fan, Sick Man Cack, you pathetic little man. So uh, I thought it was Hamlet who uh, offered to uh, write that for me. <laughs> oh, there you go, my reigns. Ask and you shall receive. You received like that. I start challenging different people in the office to write me a rampage rap. We're just joking, of course. Don't take it too seriously. Matt Reigns, I know won't, but if people are concerned... It's Banter Matt Reigns. Yeah, That's exactly. his middle name, you know. Is it? Matt Banter Reigns. That's his Twitter page changing today. Right, let us know your thoughts ahead of Rampage tonight on Twitter. At WhatCultureWWE. Uh, while you're there, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe uh, to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and Hamlet have previewed SmackDown. You've got Wrestle Culture coming your way later on today, of course. And then me and Sid will be back on Monday to review the events of AEW Rampage. And make sure you join myself and Hamlet on Saturday night for our live stream reactions to Survivor Series War Games. But for now, this has been the Rampage Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we. We'll see you soon.